I would die for Lucille Ball to see an episode of Always Sunny. <laughs> Just I get would, her take. I feel like she would like it. I don't she know. might. She, she's got a, a fantastic sense of humor, of course. <laughs> Have you been watching anything? I really haven't, other than It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I am just wrapping up the most recent 15th season. Oh, wow. And I... I'm just always amazed by how consistent it is. Like, for a show that has done so much crazy stuff, yeah, <laughs> they keep finding more crazy stuff <laughs> to do, and none of it seems, like, too far-fetched or too weird. I just think it's it's so consistently funny and smart. And, like, I had forgotten just how clever a lot of it is and, like, the way that they're able yeah. to make commentary on so much different stuff without really feeling like they are being a, a political show too much. Uh, there's right. They do touch on stuff in um, the first episode of season 15 that I was kind of not expecting, but was pretty funny. Well, that's like why I say I feel like in our South Park episode or in the mini around that time that like it just reminds me of South Park in maybe the way that it kind of approaches its issues. Like it never mm-hmm. feels preachy, but it always feels like they are trying to say something. Right. They also do a big kind of mea culpa spiel i guess at the beginning of one of the episodes where the gang makes lethal weapon seven um which one of the running jokes on the show is that they've you know made lethal weapon before and those episodes were pulled because they of course involved blackface and there have been plenty of other episodes that were pulled for other reasons that you know that they say at the beginning of this episode that you know basically listing all of the things that they have done that were inappropriate and bad and that they know they shouldn't have done them and all of that and i haven't seen a show that you know that it had episodes pulled for reasons right. of being insensitive that ended up doing an episode where they just admit all of it and incorporate it into part of the show and they're I like what that. can we do to make up for all of this <laughs> we can do it again <laughs> and you know this time they do it a lot more creatively but they're like try to keep figuring out ways that they can replicate the movie without doing anything inappropriate that's really good because like i feel like their lethal lethal weapon episodes are like obviously would not be done today but there are parts of those original episodes that are really funny like the whole Mm -hmm. that i think like them making and any series where they're gonna make a sequel to a movie that exists in real life is gonna be like the concept itself is really good so i'm glad that they've done like a redemption to it and it's cool that they can be self-referential in a way that isn't like off-putting or weird i i haven't seen Mm -hmm. it yet i've been i'm like two or three seasons behind but i know i will watch it eventually i just I don't know. I just haven't been as excited about the newer seasons, even though I'm sure I would love them anyway. Yeah, I think quality for the most part is still there for sure. Like, it's just one of those shows that doesn't really get old either. (laughs) And, you know, the characters never really change that much. I mean... I guess Mac has gone on a bit of a journey of self-discovery over the seasons, but... He's still Mac. He's... He's still very much Mac, yes, so... (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, I have gotten some really 
good responses to last week's episode about Netflix from Mm -hmm. people that I've talked to in real life who listened to it. But I also basically took a lot of the information that we talked about in that episode and I regurgitated it into a TikTok that kind of makes me cringe when I watch it. But it did get a lot of likes and a lot of comments. And I was actually totally shocked at how like respectful and like engaging the comments were. And it felt like (laughs) people had really been wanting to talk about this for a long time and people had a lot to say. So yeah, I've been a little more active over there. So go watch our TikToks (laughs) at Televisionary Pod. So James Corden has announced that he is going to be leaving the Late Late Show in 2023. That will be the first major shakeup in the late night hosting spectrum, I guess, since, was it like 2015 that That sounds Trevor about Noah right. started The Daily Show? And it was like all of the hosts just changed at once <laughs> in like around like 2014, 2015, except Jimmy Kimmel. Like he's the only one that's really been sticking around for a while. But yeah, we had a couple of solid years there of hosting lineups and James Corden has now said that he never saw The Late Late Show as, like, a final destination for him, but has always wanted to pursue other projects. And he has continued to, you know, do some acting and hosting and all of that kind of stuff. So I I wonder how much of this decision, though, was impacted by the fact that no one is really watching late night TV, (laughs) at least live, anymore. And that I think this kind of plays into our bigger conversation that we've been on lately about you know, the changes in the industry and how certain programming has proven to work on streaming and certain programming hasn't. And late night shows, you know, talk shows of any kind really have not been too successful on on streaming platforms. So, you know, if he can produce content that is a little more successful for streaming, such as Carpool Karaoke or, you know, Mm -hmm. some of these other similar kinds of content that has been spawned by late night shows, then maybe that does just make more sense. I don't know. What's your take on all of this? Well, the article was really interesting to me because the shakeup that you were talking about that happened a few years ago could potentially happen again within like the next year and a half or so because it listed that like all of the late night hosts contracts are coming up i think jimmy kimmel's is coming up colbert's is up next year i can't remember if they mentioned fallon or not but it's possible that like jimmy kimmel has said that he's not sure he wants to keep doing it so Mm -hmm. it could be really interesting to see how that all kind of takes shape and if people actually end up leaving because you're right like not that many people are watching anymore i think they said for james corden it's declined by at least a million viewers a day like or something like not each day but like <laughs> from, from the time that it started till now losing a million <laughs> viewers every day <laughs> But I think it makes sense. And I feel like talk show and late night has been just replaced by content that you can watch on TikTok, on YouTube, even like podcasts. Like you can hear a celebrity interview with Joe Rogan on a podcast or you can watch their Vogue Get Ready With Me or Vogue 73 Questions. And those videos get millions and millions of views. And another thing that I feel like late night shows do and 
maybe i mean i haven't watched like ellen or a daytime show in a long time but they do like a lot of games Mm -hmm. games or pranks like all of that stuff is on tiktok like you don't need to watch a show to get that content so i feel like the world doesn't really need those kind of shows anymore or you need like a real game changer to come in and do something very different or like shift it somehow so Yeah, I mean, I think what you said about carpool karaoke makes sense. If you can take a concept like that and script it into its own show for something like Netflix or Hulu or like another streaming site, that could make sense. But I don't know if like late night shows really have a place anymore or talk shows in general, if you want to extend it that far. And I think one of the big draws for guests on the talk shows was getting to promote whatever they, you know, are trying to promote at the time but now thanks to social media they don't need a you know unified platform they don't really have to go on the tonight show and talk about the movie that they have coming out because they can just talk about it on instagram they can talk about it on twitter and the i guess quippy jokes in the monologue about whatever is happening in the news those can also be done by other comedians on twitter You know, they can be done... By anyone! By anyone, right. So there's not... And, you know, same thing with, like, our 24-hour news cycle, and people get news from other places than late-night TV now. So I don't... I think you're right. There's not the same kind of place in society for late-night shows, talk shows in general, I guess. But I think the daytime shows have maybe a little more viability still, you know? I see people like Kelly Clarkson doing... Kellyoke, where she just sings a different song every day. And like, yeah, you can watch those clips on YouTube, but like, if you like Kelly Clarkson, then maybe you'll just watch the show, too. Mm. I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, but... Well, I think, too, about, like, Stephen Colbert, I thought, like, what he did, like, I'm not a huge Colbert fan, but what he did on his Comedy Central show, I think, is more viable than, like, what he's doing now on CBS. I mean, it might be the most watched late night show, but it too is like an aged concept whereas like when you're doing this more satirical approach i think that that is more exciting that feels more fresh and might even be like a better model in the long term for people to follow like find some kind of other way to still do a daily show but have the daily show Um, but you know like come at it differently and when you're doing a character it's just a little bit easier to have fun with it and you can do well i think you can do a lot more and you're not as like bogged down to the same sort of format that's been around for you know 50 60 years yeah that's kind of a good point that late night shows for the most part have not changed their format since they originated (laughs) you know like you've had sitcoms like you look at the evolution of a sitcom from the days of i love lucy to what it is now you know to what's even a sitcom that's on the air today it's always sunny yeah um (laughs) like there is no similarity (laughs) really between those two programs at all. I would die for Lucille Ball to see an episode of Always Sunny. (laughs) (laughs) Just get her take. I feel like she would like it. I don't know. She's got a a fantastic (laughs) sense of humor, of course. But anyway, like, the spirit 
of the late night show in the 50s is still the same as the spirit of the late night show today. Yeah. It's weird to me that 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 idea, I guess, has not evolved more. Because you also look at drama series, you know, same thing as with sitcoms, maybe even more so. But Oh my god, yeah. You have game shows even too. You look at the early days of What's My Line and they look nothing like who wants to be a millionaire or right. even Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, or even extend game shows into reality competition shows. I mean, sure. it's kind of a continuation of the genre. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any answers to what late night shows should do to <laughs> uh, progress and transform themselves a little bit more to become more viable in the streaming age or to draw consistent live audiences but someone somewhere either needs to have that answer or they need to stop Trying. making them <laughs> right <laughs> uh, not to uh i don't want to break my streak of talking about keeping up with the kardashians and the new kardashians series on hulu <laughs> So uh -huh. I just want to mention here that James Corden relatively recently became the fifth production partner of the production company that is producing the Kardashians on Hulu. And in the very mm. first episode, there's Chloe's whole story arc is about how she doesn't want to go shoot her late, late show with James Corden because the last time she was there, she got so much hate for it and he's on the show. And I just thought it was like, after I found out that he basically is a producer of the show it just felt like so self-promotional but in like the most hidden way like it was a commercial for the late late show you know am i saying that yeah. right the late late show right correct okay <laughs> anyway so that's my that's my kardashians check-in for everyone <laughs> today well you know we've been on a big kick of talking about broadcast versus streaming and all of that let's not forget that not everything is so rosy over in streaming world. <laughs> Last week, we had our whole episode basically devoted to Netflix's slow death, which may be over-exaggerated, yeah. but the cutbacks are real at Netflix yeah. right now, let's say. They are happening, and one of the things that got snipped, I guess, snipped? Why did I say that? <laughs> one of the things that got axed, maybe, <laughs> this week was... Meghan Markle's animated series that she has created and working on with Netflix as a part of the production banner Archwell that she and Prince Harry had with Netflix. That show is called Pearl, and it was still in pre-production. I don't think any of it had actually been made yet, but it was the first animated series that their production company was creating, and they had launched that banner at Netflix in the fall of 2020 to create scripted series and docu-series, documentaries and stuff, and children's programming, which Pearl was going to be. And Netflix has said that they are still very interested and very supportive of Archwell Productions, but this particular project was not going to work out for them, I guess. <laughs> they didn't have a real statement as to why it was canceled, but one can only assume it's because they are trying to cut yeah. costs right now. Well, the article did mention that they halted, canceled production of a few other children's series. So mm -hmm. I wonder if that's one area in particular where Netflix just like knows there's no point in putting a lot of effort into because 
I would imagine that anyone who wants family content is just going to get Disney Plus. So, mm. and like, why even try to compete with that? Right. So, I don't know. Or maybe the article just mentioned that because they were shows similar to what the article was talking about. But that was one thought that I had. But the article said something that just seems really unprofessional and kind of sad, although I'm sure this happens in broadcast and movies too but they said netflix has been telling producers to take some development projects elsewhere after those producers had been given indication that they were priorities Mm. like oh my god like you're just like signing contracts with these people and producing these projects and then you're just like okay like why don't you take your project elsewhere right Yeah. You know that's got to be bad when Netflix is like, hey, guys, you're really going to be better off doing this somewhere else. <laughs> like, it's a... Yeah. It, I don't know. I, I don't know how Netflix would deliver that news, I guess, but it's not surprising, I guess, uh, given no. all the news that has been coming out about Netflix lately. Yeah, I don't know. Netflix... One thing we didn't really mention in our episode last week is that for a really long time at Netflix, at least from what I was gathering from the articles, so many people had the power to greenlight projects. And it was Mm -hmm. not until recently that they really restricted that. And so for a long time, it really was just the Wild West of like, anyone can get a project on here. And they just, they absolutely can't do that going forward so yeah well i think it makes sense too that netflix is canceling children's programming because children historically want to watch the same things over and over and over again (laughs) so it doesn't matter if all of the content that they have is older and they're not generating as much new stuff so that's a smart decision on their part i guess well also children aren't paying the bill either right (laughs) i don't even know like much about what kind of children's programming netflix currently has i mean i don't have kids so i guess that makes sense but i can't name a single netflix show off the top of my head that was created for kids can you no (laughs) not at all i (laughs) i remember them having more movies back in the day but i think like licensing stuff is just kind of either the licenses that they held ran out and now that content is hosted on a different streaming service that didn't exist and the fact that netflix just like wanted to make their own content to like fill those gaps i guess yeah i have been thinking about netflix way too much this week (laughs) i know (laughs) me too (laughs) i've been like i've been explaining it to people i think that's another reason why like people were kind of into it what we talked about because I feel like if you don't really know what's going on, if someone can easily explain to you like what's going on with Netflix, like you want to listen to that because Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I have been following streaming services for years and have been theorizing about them for a long time, but I don't know if that's like a common thing. I don't think everyone (laughs) has been doing that. So what What do you mean? Not everybody sits around thinking about the the prospects of HBO Max and how the Discovery <laughs> murder is going to impact it? Is that only us? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It might be. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> not just us. It's us and a few dozen other people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> and oh, then a man. few others that just put up with us talking about it because they're our friends. <laughs> 
Well, I feel like I should go because I really desperately need a drink of water. Oh, no. I know. Well, I hope you can find one. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm actually, sorry, my laptop's actually sitting on a case of water right now. So I know I can find some. Yes, it's our our free water. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, if you're not already following us on Instagram, it's at Televisionary Podcast. If you want to see me die, go watch our TikToks Uh (laughs) at Televisionary Pod. No, they're fine. They're fine. It's just like, it's TikTok is just cringe. It's no worse than anything else on TikTok. Exactly. Exactly. So go check that out. I have been posting more there and I have one sitting in the oven right now ready to go out. So Ooh, hot yeah. and fresh. Hot and fresh. Ready to eat. So yes, thank you for listening. Yes, we appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another mini sode and more complaining to do and <laughs> <laughs> more of us struggling to string sentences together right exactly what you want in a podcast yes totally all right well Uh, i've been elena hillard and i've been cody hoffman take care everybody bye bye thanks for listening to televisionary if you like what you heard share this episode with a friend you can follow us on instagram at televisionary podcast and don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen bye